This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning. Good morning. Oh my goodness. The weather has changed. But God, He doesn't change. And heaven is just as beautiful and ready for you and I as it's always been. God created heaven to be inhabited by His children, by His own creation. Heaven on earth is still, it's, it's, Listen, we have an opportunity to live in heaven on earth. You're listening to Escape to Heaven. Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And it's Monday all over again. It's here again. 1130 a.m. 94.1 wave. We're coming today to discuss... um, Well, we want to continue where we left off last week. Will God's loving kindness keep the believer or the Israelite, the woman seed, from eternal damnation? Will the inheritance remain even if we reject the Creator? Wow. We're going to pursue that because when things are given to us, it's kind of difficult to value them. And, you know, we all know that salvation is a gift. Even the Lord, you know, it tells us how for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. However, after we get that free gift, you know, there are some things that happen. You know, first of all, we become new creatures, a new creation. Behold, all things are new, you know. So, and then there's forget the past, you know, there, there, the past is gone. Uh, the spirit that lived in the vessel, that spirit is not there. And now we have the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit begins to transform us from the inside and then our acts manifest on the outside that we are indeed new creatures. Amen. But as we walk through this life on earth with all of the temptations and evil and the state that we're moving towards, which seems to be really quickly in the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, we had the fallen angels and the mating of angelic seed with the human seed and the gross rebellion against the creator of heaven and earth. And so, so much so that God decided, you know, I'm going to get rid of this world. Uh, hmm, maybe I'll save one person <laughs> and his family 
and repopulate and we'll start all over again. So my question is, will God's loving kindness keep us even when we just cannot stand? When we're, when we ourselves are still not fully converted, when we ourselves are still still have the seed of sin. You know, the word of God let us know that we were all born and shaped in sin and iniquity. So how then, what is the hope of this all? And that's our question today. I always like to look at God's loving kindness over in Psalms 63. It says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. You know, many, many years ago when I was hooked on wine and liquor and all kind of stuff, perversion and just craziness, uh, running for my life, filled with hatred and despair and hopelessness. During that time, one day, God woke me up at six o'clock in the morning. I always go to a little Jewish restaurant. I love bagel. And God showed me Psalm 63 and gave me a song. It says, because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. While I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. You see, God's loving kindness all these years, I still have that song in my heart. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed upon us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, towards his people, which he have bestowed on them according to his mercies and to the multitude of his loving kindness. And this is Psalms, this is actually Isaiah 63, where he says, For he said, Surely they are my people, my children that will not lie. So he was their savior. That's Isaiah 63, God's loving kindness just extends towards us in the midst of the valley of shadow of darkness, in the midst of all of the transition that we go through as we live upon the earth, going from sinfulness to righteousness. And then God even lets us know that his blessings are bestowed upon us. In Deuteronomy 28, it says, And it shall come to pass, if thy shall hearken diligently, unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And that is exactly what the Lord did with that allotment that he himself had, the Abrahamic seed, and the other 17 nations that in unison with the fallen angels, rebelled against the Creator. God Himself said, if you would just listen to me, I will raise you up above those nations, all those nations, and these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you'll just hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed will you be in the city, 
and blessed will you be in the field. We all know that. But see, there's a little condition there, and it's called obedience. Amen? And um, at least your heart must be inclined towards obeying the Lord. And if we would lean towards obeying Him, then God, uh, over in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 13, He said, Even though I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or I command the locusts to devour the land, or even if I send pestilence among my people. So he's not talking about the world now. He's talking about the believers, you know, the the obedient Abrahamic seed, the converted Gentile. Amen. So now those all become uh, the seed of the woman, the seed of obedience is what I like to say. If my people, which are called by my name, should humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. So we ourselves, even after becoming new creatures, still have wicked ways. So we have to confess that wickedness. Humble, seek the face of the living God, and then God himself will hear from heaven. So he'll forgive our sins. He'll heal our land. That means all of our families, you know, our possessions, our, our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirit. God himself will heal us. Amen. Because now his eyes will be open. His ears will be able to hear the prayers that are made, you know, in this uh, place. So notice that uh, God has to hear from heaven. You know, uh, our prayers have to penetrate all of the various levels of the universe and go to that far away place where the Lord himself lives and where Jesus is seated on the right hand, have to penetrate all of that and go up there. And then the Lord will hear if our heart you know, has uh, become humble and we're seeking him. You know, the secret of the Lord in Psalms 25 is with them that fear him. Uh, God will show you his covenant. He will show you that you are healed by the stripes of his son. He will show you that he's a restorer. You know, he will show you that the years that the locust and the canker worm has taken, he will replace it. He will restore it. He will show you his covenant. But there must be the fear of the Lord in your heart, okay? Uh, your eyes have to be ever toward the Lord. And he, God himself, will pluck your feet out of the net and the trap that the enemy has set for us. Amen. If we don't return to the Lord in Jeremiah, the ninth chapter, and I know we went over this last week, um, it said that the Lord said, because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them and won't obey my voice, neither walk in them, but they've walked after the imagination of their own heart and after Baal, <laughs> which their fathers taught them. Therefore, thus said the Lord God, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I will feed them with wormwood. I'll give them water of gall to drink. I'll scatter them. And, you know, I'll pursue them with a sword until I consume them. So you can trigger the anger of God, if you continue to, to just not, not repent, not repent. And, and the other thing is, 
some of us say, well, I can't do it God's way, but I can do it my way. So we we make up our own little religion <laughs> and our own faith, and we blend it with the things of the Lord, and then we, we put our knowledge in it. But the Word of God say, do not glory in your way of salvation and sanctification. Some of us worship the earth, the universe, witchcraft, knowledge, even your own wisdom could be your God because you think you know everything. But you are to glory only in God. In Jeremiah 9 chapter again, verse 23, thus said the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither the mighty man glory in his might, or the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glory glory in this, that he understand and know the Lord that I am the Lord, which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, said the Lord. Behold, the days come where, where God say he'll punish everybody. He'll punish those, the circumcised, with the uncircumcised. Now, what does he mean? Well, the circumcised are those that are outwardly, you know, saying that they serve the Lord. But there are, you know, in many instances, those individuals are not circumcised in their heart. So there's coming a day when God is going to judge together the outwardly sinful person with those that appear to be righteous but are not. So Romans, the first chapter, verse 21 says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Okay. And they weren't thankful but became vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men, birds, four-feeted pieces, and creeping things. Wherefore, God himself gave them up to uncleanness. And that's not the first time God has done that. He did it back there with the Tower of Babel. He did it when he separated the 70 nations. So if you he, don't want God and you don't want the things of God, eventually he'll give you up to your own uncleanness. You'll become reprobate through the lust of your own hearts to dishonor your own body between themselves. Why? Because you changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. I, I think we should think about that question again. And that question is, will God's loving kindness keep the believer <laughs> from eternal damnation? So we now we're seeing that God has God's nature includes the loving kindness. We have to receive it. We have to accept it by our actions and our thoughts. So we are to separate from sin. Sin is rebellion against God. So anything that rebels against God, we really should not be like involved in that or tied to that or or in a uh a covenant relationship with someone or or something that completely rebels against the Lord. Well, let's just look at it. First Corinthians fifth chapter says, 
your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven. You know, that means get rid of the old man. You know, be transformed, be renewed, okay, in your mind, that ye may be a new lump, so that way you are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. So we are to keep the face, meaning not just the act of the regiment of the communion that we do in many cases once a month, not just that, that's great, but you have to keep the feast daily, the feast, recognizing that Christ has died for us daily. You say, how? By living free from sin to the best of your understanding, you know, living an unleavened lifestyle. So it means that we don't have the leaven of malice and wickedness, but we have the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Okay. So you are not to keep company with any man that you say is a brother to the faith. However, that individual is a fornicator, covetous, idolater, uh, a, a, a railer or a drunkard an extortioner with such a one do not even eat with that person. That, that seems kind of harsh, but this is the word of God. We are to live lifestyle with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth and not with the leaven uh, of malice and wickedness. Okay. We can risk our eternal salvation being taken away from us. In first Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verse nine, it says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to stop there and explain the kingdom of God. Okay. Cause the kingdom of God in Romans, I think 14 chapter says it's not meat and drink. Right. But it's uh, it's the Holy Spirit. It's love. It's peace. OK. In the Holy Spirit. Also, the kingdom of God, if you think about it, when Jesus came from the wilderness, he was pronouncing the kingdom of God is at hand. And everywhere he went, anything that did not line up with the conditions of the kingdom of God had to be rebuked, meaning illness insanity, sickness, blindness, lameness, death. These things do not exist in the kingdom of God. And so when we say we want to escape to heaven, we're really saying we want to escape to a peaceful state of existence, uh, an existence that is in direct communion and alignment with God. That's what we're saying, that I want to be at one with the creator. I want to live how he designed me to live. Amen. All right. So we'll go back to the word of God, which is 1 Corinthians 6, chapter verse 9 through 11. And it says, be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, 
effeminator. I don't know what that means. Abusers of themselves with mankind. Thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. None of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. So if you are a child of the living king, not just a creation of the creator. We didn't say that. We said you're a child of the living king. You're a child of God. And that is evident by obedience in your life. Amen. Then even though at one time we could have very easily have been an idolater, an abuser, adulterer, you know, all that sinful stuff. I'm sure all of us were that at one point in our lives, something. But you have been washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So 1 Corinthians 6 chapter continues and says, Know ye not that our bodies are the members of Christ. So shall you now take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What does that mean? We cannot take this body and one minute we're doing the things of God and the next minute we're doing the things of the world. You're listening to Escape. To heaven, servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one person, one body. For two shall be one flesh. So that right there lets you know that the act of sexuality was created for intimacy and for union between a man and a woman to become one spiritually and one physically. And then that act produces fruit from in the physical realm, children in the spiritual realm, creating the kingdom of God, walking in the original blessings that God himself gave to Adam and Eve when he created them in Genesis 1, 28. So, that is the purpose of sex. It is to ensure, in a way, that we do what? Be fruitful, multiply, take dominion, replenish the earth, subdue it. All of that happens through that act. Because why? The two shall become one to produce fruit. <laughs> Woo! But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Therefore, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth without the body, but he that committeth fornication sins against his own body. What? Know ye not again that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, both of which are God's. I go back to my question. Will the genetic woman's seed be saved? What will happen to the redeemed who leave the state of redemption or the Israelites who are not saved, but still live in sin. Will God save them? My goodness. 
What a mighty God. Romans 11 chapter. I say then, have God cast away his people? God forbid. And this is uh, Paul talking about how he's an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. And he said, God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Amen. So therefore, at this present time, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So what I'm trying to say is we 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 can have uh, hope and we can have faith that God's grace is greater than any sin that we could ever commit. Where sin exists, grace abounds even the more. I answered my own question. I believe that God has a plan and his plan is greater than our sinful condition, that he already knew what we would encounter once we were placed in the womb of the woman and came out to earth. He knew all of this and he planned ahead and he put grace there to guide us through and to keep us so that we would get to Romans 1 where it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I, I We got so much work just then. But at the end of it all, I answered my own question, and I believe that our Father's grace, you know, grace, when we read in John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it tells us how the Word became flesh, and how Jesus came, and he they knew Him not, and how grace and truth came with Jesus. So the answer is grace through Jesus Christ will take us to eternal salvation. Amen. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord, for your confirmation, Lord, that you will be with us to the very end, just like Jesus said, Lord God. We thank you so much for your word because it's all that we have. And Lord, I would like to pray today. Father, I lift up Radio Land, I lift up myself, Lord God, and we repent for all that we've done and said and thought that was against your will for our lives, Lord God. God, in the spirit of repentance, we ask you, Lord, to have mercy upon us, release your grace, Lord God, even the more heal our bodies, heal our hearts, our souls, Lord, eradicate the things that the enemy has done to us, Lord God. And Lord, keep us, keep us, Father, until the rapture. Keep us, Lord, until the day that we leave this body and reunite, Lord, with you, Lord God. Keep us, Lord God, so that we can escape indeed to heaven, but God to be forever reunited with you 
back into the heart of the Father. And Lord God, this is our faith. We believe it. We receive it. I declare it and decree it with the power and the authority that Jesus Christ himself has released unto me. God bless your people. Save this world, Lord God. Empower the people of God to go forth as Jesus commissioned to heal, Lord to declare, to make disciples, to tell them that God has redeemed them through his son, Jesus Christ, who gave his blood at Calvary, Lord God, and became the sacrifice. We are redeemed. We overcome the strategies of the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Thank you, Father. I love you guys and God bless you. Can't wait to see you next time. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen.